Welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm here to help you navigate nuanced conversations and explore topics that demand your attention and awareness. There is no topic off limits here. Together, we will seek to find the middle path, explore the polarities of darkness and light, left and right, grace and grit. As a writer, life coach, and seasoned yogi, I'm in the business of awareness and conscious action. I'm here to create space for the conversations that need to be had in order to create solutions that bridge the divide between humans. Sensemaking will use practical, logical, philosophical, and spiritual tools to help us gain well-rounded perspectives on issues that strike a chord. Let's get started. Hey guys, I'm feeling really feisty today. There's a really cool thunderstorm out there right now. Um, I'm also on a cleanse, so maybe I'm just like caffeine and sugar deprived at the moment, but there's been something on my mind that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, I read an article lately uh, recently in, a, in our local newspaper. And it's a glaring example of what's wrong with the world. It's a glaring example of what's wrong with journalism. How Canada is never actually going to get a chance to heal if we continue uh quote, misinformation. I hate that word so much. But if we continue telling lies and false stories, if the media continues telling false lies and stories, if we continue to viciously pit the left against the right, the vaccinated against the unvaccinated, man, are we ever in trouble? And I'm going to read you some of this article and I don't even want to give it any airtime, but I really want you guys just to see exactly what I'm talking about. And I wrote this newspaper right away. This is the uh, our local newspaper, the Daily Miner. And you, you'll be able to tell right from the get-go, the headline is extremely inflammatory and designed to pit one group of people against another. Now, it's an opinion piece. So I want to start off saying I support free speech no matter how much I hate it. And I hate this. So this lady, she's allowed to have an opinion What I have a problem with is sometimes people say they're doing their research, but they really actually don't know the whole story. So that's fine if you want to have an opinion, but especially as a journalist, um, you should know your facts. It's one thing for an average person to have an opinion, but as a journalist, you should know your facts. And I have a big problem with that. So it extends past an opinion piece. And for those of you on the live, if uh, there is a thunderstorm outside, so if we lose connection, um, I'm recording this too, and I'm going to upload it. If anything happens, you guys can watch it later. All right, you guys ready? So the name of the article, where is the convoy to protect my uterus? 
So before we even get into the article, the editor himself says that he wished he wrote it to slap down clownish arguments aimed at controlling people's bodies. Right from the get-go, this article has hate written all over it. How do we really uh, separate people? I have a big problem with that. So this article is about the announcement of Roe versus Wade in the United States, which to be honest, when I first heard this, I was like, what is happening? I didn't know enough about Roe versus Wade. Um, and this does seem like frightening. Like what? Like this seems like we're going back in time. I get that. Uh, but before I talk about my opinions specifically about that, let's dive into this article. So they talk about Roe versus Wade, and they're very fearful, obviously, in this article about it coming to Canada. Then very sarcastically, the author says, but fear not, women of Canada, we will have a freedom convoy to fight for us. In times of such dire uncertainty, it really warms my heart to think about all the supporters from the Freedom Convoy who will be coming to rally around the freedom of women's reproductive rights. Pro-choice demonstrations are popping up all across North America. What a sight it'll be, protesters for weeks occupying Canada's capital. It goes on and on. My body, my choice obviously knows the historical significance of the slogan used by feminists. Heck, most of the truckers probably had a copy of Simone de Beauvoir's The Second Sex in the glove box of their transports. For, for weeks, we heard the unfiltered outrage of the convoy loud and clear directed at the Canadian government for an alleged overreach of power. Every MPs, 82 members of parliament, let's talk about the overreach of power. Says Canadian women fighting for access to safe and legal medical care besides convoy protesters, holding canisters of gas labeled liberal tears. But hey, a common enemy can unite us all, right? She mentions her obvious sarcasm. She says, maybe some small part of me holds on to the naive optimism that they could see the irony here, but I am a realist. I am not holding my breath. For one, and here's where it gets real nasty, the founding members and official spokespeople of the Freedom Convoy have been loudly and proudly anti-freedom for many Canadians, homophobic, xenophobic, white supremacists. <laughs> There's no question that the Freedom Rally was rather selective in which freedoms they chose to support. Of course, comparisons between the COVID-19 vaccine and the right to reproductive care are completely unrelated. Unlike COVID-19, legal access to safe and medically sound abortion is not a public health risk that threatens the capacity of our health system. It goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Vilifying millions of Canadians who this author clearly has never interviewed with assumptions all over the place. Not only is every single person probably a racist, white supremacist, xenophobic, uh, homophobic individual, they would never support reproductive rights. I would love to see how many of these people this author has actually interviewed. My guess is none. Lots of assumptions, lots of divisive 
rhetoric. Now, your average person, I have so much compassion for because they have been led astray by mainstream media. It's not their fault. I feel like by now you should know better. But at the same time, I get that you just trust. And I think that it's not really your fault because you are surrounded by it. A journalist, however, should know better be better and really what is your purpose in this world to cause more division and hate it seems a bit ridiculous but i, I have a f many issues with this uh article regardless of what side you said on the freedom convoy just hear me out again free speech i welcome it even my worst enemy i believe everyone should be able to speak i do not believe in censorship uh of the media of any kinds i think it's wrong now, as far as the abortion issue goes, I am pro-choice and learning. I'm, I'm learning more and more about this issue. Um, it's never affected me personally. Uh, I've kind of just stayed out of it. So I just want to throw that out there. I, I don't know enough about it, to be honest. But what I have learned in the last two years is I need to let go of all inflammatory news headlines and actually go to the original source myself. So I've joined some really fantastic uh, political groups where we do just this. We read the bills. It's arduous and boring and it takes forever, but we actually learn to read these things because most of what the news presents isn't actually accurate and it's inflammatory. It's alarmist. It's not true. And this can be applied to Roe versus Wade here. So in this article, she's saying, oh no, I guess Roe versus Wade is gonna happen in Canada, even though we're a completely different country. What happens in the States doesn't mean it's gonna happen in Canada. And she's making a lot of assumptions about obviously uh, the Freedom Convoy would never stand up for my body, my choice, which is ridiculous because that's the whole movement. <laughs> that's the whole movement. Um, the conversation about Roe versus Wade is much more nuanced um, than this journalist, I put that in quotation, maybe realizes, or, you know, I, I shouldn't even say that yet because I, I didn't quite realize how nuanced this conversation was either. I have not read the U.S. Roe versus Wade from this original source, but I have listened to the senators who are actually making the decision on it. And it's a very interesting conversation. Basically, this issue is not binary. It's not abortion, good or bad. It's on a continuum. So if you look at the different states and their different rules, like some might say, no, you can't have one ever. Some say you can have one at 12 weeks. California has gone so far to legalize infanticide. You can actually kill your baby up to four weeks after it's born, which I would think probably most Canadians disagree with. I certainly disagree with that. That's wild. Roe versus Wade is more, it's a, it's a linguistic battle right now. The senators are taking it and they're deciding if it actually has anything to do with the Constitution. And yes, removal of Roe versus Wade right now technically would mean that abortion would be illegal, but I don't think that's what they're looking for. It sounds like from those original discussions with the senators 
that it, it's more about is this actually constitutionally protected and it's about creating boundaries around the law because most countries agree in some sort of boundaries is it first trimester is it last trimester you know california there is you can have your baby born um most countries in the world have this you know france uh most european countries are really conservative you can't have an abortion after your first trimester and canada north korea and there's one other country it might be china are the only countries in the world with zero boundaries around it at the moment which is wild i didn't know that when i looked into it also, this is not a bill that's passed yet, but a leaked document from the Supreme Court. It's calls for Congress to pass an abortion rights law. So Democrats are under pressure to pass the Women's Health Protection Act, which would make abortion rights explicitly the law of the land in lieu of Roe. The Women's Health Protection Act legalize abortion nationally up until fetal viability, instead of being up to the individual state. So they're taking it away from the individual state potentially and looking at making it uh, uh, federally. But also there's some tricky language in here that it sounds like the senators just want to really nail down and be more clear on. Um, so in this document, it says, in good faith, medical judgment of the treating healthcare professional. So it defines healthcare provider very broadly, and it says the decision to abort a viable child can be for a woman's life or health without specifying if that is her physical or mental health. So it's not at all crazy for people to interpret this act as, as making abortion legal at any time during a pregnancy. So again, it's not an, a, a simple abortion is bad or good thing. It's looking for boundaries around what is allowed. Is all abortion good? Again, there's California that it has legalized uh, infanticide. Or when does life start? Is it at conception? Is it when the baby has a heartbeat? So again, I am neutral on this issue. I am just saying that it is not black or white, because most people, Canadians and U.S. citizens, actually fall somewhere in the middle. They believe that abortion is mostly good or mostly bad, but there are circumstances in between. So the divisive and binary rhetoric that the right just wants to control women's bodies out of disdain and the left just hates babies, that's false on both sides. As a generalization, and I hate to do this by the way, um, the right believes that life begins at conception and the left be uh, believes in bodily autonomy. So I can agree with both sides. They both have good points. I don't agree with California. I would call myself pro-choice because I think it depends. And I can see where some boundaries are necessary, hence California. There's so much more to learn. And just like I've gone through the last two years um, educating myself on reading bills for my own mental health, to be honest, like most of what circulates around social media about bills isn't correct. So we go to the source, we read the actual bill to find out what's actually going on. The media is designed to create fear narratives. What is good and right and fair doesn't pay the bills. 
So headlines are often alarmist and divisive on purpose. This author of this article, she wrote that with the intent of getting everyone that just happens to hate the Freedom Convoy to say, yes, good for you. Good for you for standing up. But she doesn't understand the whole story. She certainly doesn't understand the millions of Canadians that are a part of this. And she doesn't quite understand the bill either. So again, when we feel alarmed by these headlines, we have to go to the original source before we have an opinion. An opinion without any actual truthful information is just like tomfoolery. The author also, I didn't mention this in the article, as she's continuing to vilify the right, she says, she mentions that the right is probably changing the health curriculum to encourage abstinence. First of all, is this true? Is that what's actually happening? The conservatives are getting into the educational system to encourage abstinence as their sexual health protocol? If you've been watching the news at all, if you don't live under a rock, then you know the extreme sexualization of children that's happening in schools. Go to my other podcast with Bonnie Snyder. It's horrific. And it is the left, it is the liberals that actually are uh, responsible for our educational curriculum. It's not we're teaching abstinence at all. We are having very, very inappropriate sexual conversations with elementary school students. It's wrong. I don't care if you're gay, straight, trans, whatever you feel, it is inappropriate to talk to tiny little children about sexual issues, period. Full stop. This is just a bold lie in this article. It is absolutely ridiculous. We just saw the headline from a kindergarten class in British Columbia sending home masturbation homework. That's the truth. That's what's actually happening in your school. So if you want to talk about political ideologies in school, <laughs> let's talk. But let's be accurate about what's actually going on. There are parents everywhere uh, in an uproar about what's actually being taught to our schools. In our schools, it's not right. And again, there's a deep misunderstanding about what's even going on. Like, take, for example, the don't say gay bill in Florida. Have you heard that? The, the don't say gay bill. It's not called that. It's not, it doesn't mention being gay at all in this bill. What the bill says is it's not appropriate to talk to K to three students about sex at all. And I agree. You know what? I went through my entire educational career, kindergarten through university, and I didn't know about my teacher's sexual preference. I didn't know if they were married. I didn't know if they had a girlfriend or a boyfriend, because you know what? They're there to teach math. I'm not there to learn about my teacher's personal life. Teachers, I hope, would agree with that. You're not there for your personal life. Your students are not your friends. They are your students. You are there to teach math, social studies, writing, reading. They're not there to hear about your relationship at all. And I condone all forms of relationship. It's not that. It's that's not your job to talk about your personal life, period. So there's just so many uh, inaccuracies in this article. 
And what's also interesting, if you want an interesting article, let's talk about the fact that don't you all think it's ridiculous that we're talking about abortion at all? Did anyone think about that? It's ridiculous. What The world is on fire. The world is literally on fire. Why the hell are we talking about abortion right now? Well, critical thinking would have us ask, why? And why was this leaked? Uh, being a U.S. senator is a pretty serious position. Do you think that stuff just, woo, it just slipped right out? That stuff doesn't happen accidentally. The why is it's a political strategy. It's a political strategy to further divide people. Most people have not read these bills. Most people aren't looking at polls to see that the majority of Americans and Canadians left and right don't see this as a black and white issue. The Supreme Court doesn't just accidentally let serious conversations about bills like this slip out. It's an obvious strategy to churn up some political drama and it's working. Now you have like conservatives forced to say their position on it. And I can tell you because I, I listen to them. I listen to CPAC. I do all these boring tasks. They are on a big spectrum because this issue is on a big spectrum. And the only reason it's coming up is to pit the left versus the right again. Because in this age of binary and divisive thinking, people don't stop to ask more questions past the headline. They think being a conservative means a certain thing and being a liberal means a certain thing. We believe abortion is a hard yes or a hard no, and there is no need to talk about the hundreds of nuanced parts in between. This article is a glaring example of that. This bill was not clearly defined or understood the headline had division all over it, and the author used this binary thinking, freedom fighters are all bad, to label millions of Canadians. Millions. I would love to know, again, if the author has interviewed even one person that supports the Freedom Convoy before she wrote an opinion piece. The assumption in this article is that these freedom-fighting white supremacists would never do something good like fight for women's rights. The disdain for the Freedom Convoy and its participants is disappointing, to say the least. The assumption that, quote, these people are a certain way and the assumption that, of course, they wouldn't stand up for women's reproductive rights is not reflective of reality nor journalistic integrity. The habit that I've taken of reading bills myself when I read an alarmist headline so that I can get a better understanding of them myself has come in handy. And I still read information from both left and right sources. Even though it's clear now that our mainstream media is clearly biased towards their main source of income, the liberal government and all they represent. And I get this argument because I've said it before. I was on, I hate to say their sides, but there are sides. In the beginning of all this, I was on like this author's side. I didn't get that something wrong was happening in the world. When people started talking about their loss of freedoms, I was like, how privileged of you to think that you were losing your freedoms. But I didn't quite understand. 
But as someone that is a critical thinker and someone willing to look for information that counters my opinion, um, I did find completely different information because a lot of people, quote, doing their research are actually just looking for information to confirm their already existing opinion. It takes an extreme amount of character to actually willingly investigate, could I be wrong here? Could I be wrong? I've done that. And and I'll apologize to you all now. Anyone that I felt bad, anyone that I treated badly, anyone that I thought was crazy at the beginning of this, I'm sorry. I didn't see it. I get it now. I've gotten it for a long, long time. Yeah, Sarah, ego, bang on. I... I get it. I get it. So when I woke up as well, I really, when I recognized that the mainstream media was lying to us, and if you don't think that, like, you're ignoring information. You're ignoring information. The very fact that at first the CBC pretended like this thing wasn't happening at all, Ottawa shut off its cameras, that, that should be your first clue. Then they said it was just a small, it's just a small group of people. Don't even look. It's nothing to see here. So they, they started off with a lie. So that should be your first clue that you're being lied to. I've seen all kinds of footage of cameras turned around backwards from the CBC. So they're pretending that there's only a small group of people when behind them are thousands of people. The lies are, it, it's embarrassing now. So I went there for myself. When I first started thinking that things were wrong, I got in my car and I drove to the largest city to go and see for myself with my own eyes. And I saw something very different than what's being portrayed by the media. So CBC didn't want any coverage on this. And what this ended up being was Canada's largest, most peaceful protest. Show me a liberal protest a pipeline protest, anything that is even remotely as peaceful as this. They have, like, the libs can burn down churches, kick over statues, explode um, things on oil fields. You didn't hear anything about that. And any reports of violence or arson or anything that the liberal government is trying to say about this freedom convoy have been proven false, even by CBC. So people that are saying that you did your research, you didn't because you would feel differently. If you did your research, you would absolutely feel differently because you would have even, even if you were just watching CBC, you would have heard the truth come out. I watch these things. I watch CPAC. I watch the interviews. Arson, proven false. Russian influence, proven false. Foreign influence, false. Violence, false desecration of my fall. Everything's been proven false, but here you go, continuing to hate a group of people. I helped a documentary team trucking for freedom. They had the desire to take a neutral stance um, in this movement. They didn't want to talk about vaccines. They didn't want to talk about uh, politics. They just wanted to show what was happening with the people. They just wanted to be there, cameras on, and just show what were the people doing. For that reason, I joined them because A, it was a positive focus just watching these Canadians. I met protesters who were there 
because their teen daughter committed suicide because of endless lockdowns. I met First Nations women who were there because they were childhood sexual abuse survivors and bodily autonomy was all they had left. I met, just my personal experience, I met mostly vaccinated people, to be honest. I met people of every faith, nationality, political stance, and almighty vax status. It truly was a representation of Canadians. There was a First Nation family that had packed five people into the tiniest little car and driven all the way from the furthest coast of Canada to go to Ottawa with no plan, nowhere to sleep. I met people from Haiti. I met people who were Sikh, people who had moved here from Jamaica, people who had moved here from communist countries and are raising the red flag saying, ah, I've been through this before. It's happening again. You should pay attention to me. I've lived through this. So when I see an article or a group of local people vilifying millions of Canadians with sarcasm, disgust, or hatred without ever being on the ground themselves to ask the right questions or hear the stories, it's more than upsetting. My principal value is integrity and man, does it really rattle my integrity my desire for integrity on every level. This article, this kind of thinking is why the world is falling apart. It's falling apart. The white supremacist homophobic freedom narrative is blatantly, obviously false to anyone who had met these people Anyone who had taken their eyes off of CBC for even a hot second, it's been proven false and it's getting old now. It's just getting old. I'm embarrassed for journalists that are still gripping to this narrative. Life is nuanced. People are complex. If we want to talk politics, let's talk politics, but come with thorough research and knowledge of the bills. Come with thorough knowledge of your own biases and the conflicts of interest. It's not fair to cast judgment on any group of people, but especially so if you haven't witnessed or interviewed this group of people yourself. I am making an assumption here that this author has never met these white supremacists in person. And maybe I'm wrong, but if she had seen what I have seen and talked to the hundreds of people that I've talked to, she never would have posted an article that slanders millions of Canadians like this. I certainly don't know all the people involved in this movement, but I know the majority would put up a hell of a fight for bodily autonomy and women's rights. Should this be a Canadian battle? Should Roe versus Wade become a Canadian battle one day? Because that's the kind of people I met. uh, Caring, kind, loving people of all faiths and political stances who want nothing more than freedom of choice and bodily autonomy for all. This author on one side says there is no correlation between getting a vaccine and abortion, yet she also uses the same argument to completely vilify all these people. Where do you stand? I'm confused. People are confused. And again, I have 
so much compassion for the people that are just trusting CBC. I was there. I get it. It seems completely harmless. When I didn't see it, I didn't see it. I have so much compassion for those people. They just don't see it and they probably just don't have the time to actually do their research. Doing your research isn't watching the CBC. Doing your research isn't fact-checked on Facebook. Doing your research is reading these bills. Doing your research is meeting these people in person and having an experience. Doing your research is, how about reading the Pfizer documents? You know, there's a lot of people saying, well, I've done a ton of research, so I'm very clear on where I stand. And I just have to think to myself, you know, there are opinions and then there's facts. And there are some facts here that if you read those facts, there's no way that you wouldn't at least be um, shaken on your opinion on your side. There's no way. Are you willing to be wrong? I'm feeling feisty today, but to be honest, I am willing to be wrong. And let, let's talk about quickly here the, the dialogue about the, the white supremacist, xenophobic, homophobic, blah, blah, blah. The media grabbed on to Pat King. They grabbed on to him and they said, look at this. And they held up Pat King as the king of the freedom movement. And they said, look, here is your king. This is the kind of person he is. And so everyone must be like Pat King. As someone that worked for the documentary team, I sat through hundreds of hours of footage. I saw the interviews. I saw the interviews with the organizers, with the doctors. Guess how many times I saw Pat King? I'm holding up the zero sign right now. Not once. Not once. I'm not saying he wasn't there. Someone got upset with me for saying that. I'm saying I'm not saying he was there. He was there. First of all, this is a grassroots movement. When I heard this thing was happening, I was about ready to jump in my car and go myself because I was so sick of the terrible treatment of Canadians. I was ready to jump in my car. The only reason I didn't is because I had this job helping the documentary team. That's the only reason. People like me uh, were everywhere. Millions of people did the same. They didn't know what this was. They just heard that something was happening. They hopped in their cars and they just went. That family from Prince Rupert, they just got up and they just went. No one was their king. What a ridiculous idea. And as someone that helped facilitate the convoys, it was going through several cities. It was a hot mess. There were a ton of organizers. There were people in every city just trying to like help these people, like get them food, get them places to sleep. No one owned this. And that's what people that vilify this, that, that they truly don't grasp or understand. No one owned this. This was about Canadians for Canadians. No one owned this movement. And as far as Pat King, I don't know Pat King personally. I can't say anything good or bad about him. I know what uh, the media's grabbed hold to. In the, the movement itself and a lot of the organizers recognized how damaging he was to things. They didn't allow him to speak for a reason. There's a reason why he's not a part of the majority of the interviews. They said, you don't represent us. You don't represent us. Did he grab onto some cameras? Did CBC find Pat King and make sure he was on cameras? 
Yeah, because guess who pays the CBC? The Liberal government. Of course they want to do everything they can to crush Canada's biggest, most peaceful, most powerful movement. Of course they're not going to support the right. Of course they're not going to support conservatives because the conservatives are literally running on the platform defund the CBC. Why no one gets that is beyond me. So you can have an opinion, but unless you actually know, you've actually met these people, you actually know the grieving parents that lost their kids and went there for that reason, you've met the people that lost their businesses, you met the people that know someone vaccine injured and went for that reason, you met the people that were actually all vaccinated, like, you don't know. This is like grade school. It's grade school. Judgment, name-calling... It's like you got the great big bully, Trudeau, telling you, oh, don't be friends with them. And everyone just falls in lines and listens because they're scared. It's not the right way to be. We're confusing here politics with morality. Being a liberal doesn't make you a good person. Any more than being a conservative makes you a good person. Being a conservative doesn't mean shit about you as a person. You don't know people based on their political stance. So as much as the media can pull out a character like Pat King, they can pull out someone on the right, we can do that on the left. We can do that on the left. The conservatives have amazing, kind, godly people on their side, and they got a bunch of kooks. The left has really caring people that care about, you know, restorative justice, that care about the educational system, they also have a bunch of hateful kooks. It's both sides. This rhetoric, left is good, or right is bad, or vice versa, it's, it's old now. It's old now. We have to recognize what we're doing to ourselves. We have to recognize how biased 95% of the media is. Why do people have such strong and hateful opinions about the Freedom Convoy? It's because the media told you, point blank. The media told you, you believe them, you didn't look into it further. It doesn't get more complicated than that. That's what happened. And when you have the liberal government now also forcing left ideology into school, we're in a really bad position because we're literally going to have an entire generation of people that believes that left is progressive and moral, that it is the only way to be. And it actually just shows lack of understanding. That was my point about this article. It's showing lack of understanding about the bills to begin with. It shows lack of understanding about an entire group of people. Journalists are not doing their research. They are not unbiased. They are here to cause division and hate amongst Canadians because it gets them noticed. That's it. And the hate, it goes both ways. As much as I was thrilled to discover libs of TikTok in the beginning, because there's been so much hate thrown at the right and the right is getting smaller, as much as I was thrilled to discover it, and it's funny as hell, it's also not helpful. Because being a liberal doesn't mean a certain thing. 
I used to really, really lean left and I've had no choice but to get nudged further right based on these harsh and unjust policies, unjust policies. But being on the left and being on the right says nothing about your morality as a person. And as a journalist, it's your job to investigate the truth thoroughly. You should be unbiased, but that's clearly not happening. Articles like this are literally the reason why the world is suffering because people are trusting. They read hateful rhetoric like this and they believe it and then they applaud it. So we get more of it. And it's honestly the reason that the world is suffering. The answer to heal Canada and to move us forward will never be more lies and more hate. Never. The more people that can be brave enough to tell the truth here and stand up, the more of us that are willing not to engage in this divisive rhetoric, the more of us that are actually willing to do actual research, read the original bills, Talk to people in person before you feel, uh, before you make an opinion on something. Read, like, go to your own government's website. Read what's going on. If you, you would understand the freedom movement if you, quote, did your research. You would understand. You would understand if you listen to people tell their stories of bankruptcy, illness, pain, grief losing people, you would understand. If you did your research and you read these original documents from Pfizer that they tried to suppress for 75 years, you would understand. If you read the UN agreement, if you read the 2030 agenda, if you read, like, if, if you actually did your research, you would at least feel skeptical. At least. Not saying that you're going to go into full freedom mode, but uh, you would be skeptical. There's no way that you would feel good about pretending that everything is fine and that everyone that is a part of the Freedom Convoy are just a bunch of kooks. You wouldn't feel that way. I guarantee it. Feeling pretty feisty, y'all. I'm going to keep this going. Um, I wrote this newspaper. I said that this article is riddled with hate and inaccuracies. Um, and I'm here. I'm here for the truth. I'm here for the truth, but mostly I'm here to end divisive and hateful rhetoric. It's childish, it's not helpful, and it is the reason the world is suffering right now. If you agree, send me a DM. The more of us that can get on this page, whether you're left or right, freedom or <laughs> anti-freedom, the more of us that can seek to find not only truth, but unity. How do we bring people together? The better things we'll get. The more of us pushing hateful, divisive, fearful rhetoric, the worse things are going to be off for everyone. Everyone. So this was a live podcast. It was on uh, my Instagram live. If you're watching the Instagram live and it cut out uh, a couple of times because of the crazy lightning storm out right now, don't worry. I have this recorded and I'm going to upload this soon. Uh, 
If you find these conversations helpful, share them with your friends, get it out there. It helps me a lot. My only intention with this podcast, my only intention is to create more spaces for people to feel safe to tell the truth. Because it's very clear right now with everything that's going on with media that only one side is allowed and that's wrong. So again, protecting free speech is pivotal to me. I don't agree with self-censorship. I don't agree with censoring other people's work. So even this article, as much as I think it's hateful and disgusting, I think it, it she, I would never cancel this person. But I would love to see more journalistic integrity and I'd love to just shine a light on people like know your audience. People are reading this and they're believing you and they're trusting you as a journalist. It's time for journalists to have more integrity. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll see you soon.